Isaiah 61, 1 through 2. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. Our passion is to shine the light of Christ in dark and hard places to bring real hope and help to all people. Reach is being light by bringing good news and binding up broken hearts. It is a holistic approach to ministry. It is body and soul work, real hope and help. This is how ministry starts, with a group of people anointed by God's Spirit who enter into community bringing good news through sharing the gospel and binding up the broken through serving people. This is why we are building a City Light Center and want to plant community center churches so we can truly be a light in the city by providing spiritual and physical help. Reaching the world around us requires intentionality, which is why we have light teams that organize the way we serve. Whether through building relationships by mentoring or building bridges by making deliveries, there are many ways to be involved in reaching our community and our world for Christ. Oh, lights are so bright. Anyway, good morning, City Light. Hey, uh, parents, this is now the time to bring your kids downstairs. So, parents, let's go. Hey, first of all, I just want to say good morning and praise God, one year at City Light. One, one beautiful year. And again, the rest of the time, we are, we're just going to celebrate. Celebrate to what God has done through this church and through his people in this community. So I have Cole Erickson here. Cole Erickson, he's been with us, with us since day one. Just a really faithful member of our church and part of our lighthouse. Like seriously, like uh, it's, this guy has a gift of service. Like if he, I ask him or he asks us to do something, like he would go above and beyond. One example, I remember exactly a year ago, he asked me like, hey man, John, like what do you guys need to prepare for your first day? Well, we do need like a few creamers for a coffee area. Well, soon, later on that day, Cole got like 75 co coffee creamers for Car us. Car was full. <laughs> Costco. But hey, uh, Cole here has just been so passionate uh, serving this church and more importantly, uh, reaching this community. So Cole, just a few minutes, like, can you just like share us of how you uh, have reached this community this past year? Well, it's definitely not me. It's God, yeah. number one. Um, but absolutely. So... In March, when we start, March or April, whenever we started doing uh, the food deliveries, uh, Lindsay and I, my girlfriend, we started delivering to like five or six families. And a lot of them were different families week over week, but there was one family that we consistently got, which was very convenient because it was next to my house, but it was God's work doing that. And this family, um, just to kind of give a little background, uh, they're a Thai family, and uh, mother takes care of the daughter full-time, um, physically and mentally handicapped, uh, wheelchair-bound. Um, the dad doesn't work because Crony's a construction worker and uh, was laid off. And the son, you know, works just a, a waiter job. And so it's a very tough situation, and, you know, their living situation is not good. So when we first got to the house, uh, you know, the first thing that was glaring on the front door was this, was this sticker that said, no soliciting, no charity, no religious, you know, anything. Um, basically, don't come by. And I was like, well, this is really odd, but okay. Um, this will be a good challenge. So I knocked on the door, and um, when I handed them the groceries and you know, asked them, you know, if they'd heard a city light, they looked at me like I had 10 heads. But I was like, whatever. So, you know, kept coming back week after week after week. And the more we came back, it was amazing. The door started to open up. Then the daughter started to greet us outside, and the, and the daughter would be waving at us as we'd be delivering the groceries. So we started connecting there. And then, um, you know, a few months go by, and we're starting to getting invited to the house, and we're talking with them and getting to know kind of their living situation and just how things have been. Um, because in any of these situations, it's all about building trust, and, and they want to know that you're not just there to help, but you're there to live life with them. That's one of the biggest things. So... Fast forward in July, um, we started to kind of trim down the number of houses because we wanted to focus on the radius around the church. And I remember getting the call that, hey, you know, this house is not going to be a part of the giving anymore. 
So I remember calling Grace, and I said, hey, Grace, um, you know, I understand that we need to keep it limited, but this one house really, really needs it. And so she goes, okay, no worries. So she put them back on the list. And then, of course, two days later, you go by the house, and, you know, due to everything that had been done in the past, the son comes to Christ and accepts Jesus, which was one of the most amazing things. I'll never forget where I was when I heard about it. It was amazing. And... Um, it was just such a testament to, to God's grace and just God working um, through Lindsay and I. And, and you know, who would, have ever, who would have ever expected, at least speaking from my perspective, I would have never expected that through doing that, that God would have worked in such a way. And it was so humbling, and it was so cool to see. Is it any easier right now? Are you having fun? Uh, it is very challenging. <laughs> um, so... John wanted me to mentor, his name's, uh, we'll mention his name, but um, uh, so I'm mentoring him right now, and it's very challenging. Um, the one thing that we've talked about is spiritual warfare is not only real, but it's very evident in this situation, um, and it's amazing to see, you know, God on one side trying to work in his heart, and he's, and he's truly trying to work through his heart of, you know, what's good and what's evil, or he knows it, he's just trying to work it out, sure. and, um, you know, seeing you know, unfortunately, the devil also trying to continue to influence him in certain ways. Um, just due to the experience that he's had with his family and just the living situation is not good. Um, but I'm bu- I, I bought, we bought him a Bible, but because he speaks Thai, it's been very difficult. So I uh, researched some Thai Bibles. And I'll tell you what, for us English speakers, we are blessed that Bibles are very cheap because a Thai Bible <laughs> is not. Um, um, so, you know, I'm buying him a Thai Bible and we're meeting every, we're going to meet every week, you know, yeah. over food and break bread together. Amen. So it's been amazing. But yeah. That's the dream. Someone from the community and willing to meet with someone here at church every week. I mean, that's amazing. Uh, you know, the one thing that you know, we talked about last service, and I think that this is the most important part is you don't need to be the difference. You just need to make a difference. And um, for something Absolutely. as small as delivering groceries, you would never think that it would have some form of an impact. Yeah. But with, through this church, it's truly given the community hope. And, um, you know, we are very blessed living in the United States to, to have the resources that we have, and especially through this church, the resources. Yeah. So it's been it's a very humbling experience to kind of be a part of it and, and be able to help the community in any way possible. Amen, amen. Uh, I still can, it's crazy. Uh, I, remember, I still remember that night vividly when you were out of town and, you know, after praying for him, and it was really like, you know, Lord, you're at work here. And right after praying for him that night, it was like 1030 at night, and he was like, can you write down that, can you write down what you said? Like, what do you mean? I was praying for like five minutes. <laughs> Can you write down that same prayer? I'm like, okay, I'll try my best. And then later on during the week, I, ju- I kind of like finally figure out why he asked for that prayer because he's from Buddhist background. And it seems like they, he's seen or he grew up with prayer as a means of, of, what, of, a written, uh, of having a prayer written out for you at a specific time and place. So just coming in there and then we met him that same, that the following week, and I can, I'll never forget this, uh, you gave him the Bible, and we were talking about how the God's word is living and breathing, it's alive to you this moment, and we were just like, Kang, and Kang, you can pray to God any time, and the shock on his face was just like, wait, what? Priceless. I <laughs> mean, any time, and it's just one of those things where, you know, truly proximity creates empathy like people don't we don't realize how much of like the uh, what we have from god of being like called children of god through jesus christ so it's just amazing amazing opportunity but uh this is cold story here it's just a snippet of what's going on of what went on this past year to reach this community and we'll hear for more but can we can we can we pray for cole, for cole right now Lord, we just ask, God, that your power, the power of your word, the power of your spirit will continue to work in Cole's life, Lord, to reach this community. I pray for this family, that it will come to know you through Cole and Lindsay's faithfulness towards this family and through this church's faithfulness towards what you have given us, Lord, to reach this community and to this family, Lord. So we love you. Lord, will you do the work that we cannot do apart from you? 
just pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The problem with the scenarios that people are in right now is not supply, but access. For every thousand families who are on free and reduced price lunch during school year, uh, 250 of those actually come to pick up the lunch that's provided at locations around the area. So that's 750 other people uh, who can't get what they need simply because they don't have access. We're here to partner with a local organization uh, to provide access to, to food and to things that families need. Uh, so Mark's Pub has been really gracious to cook 250 hot meals tonight and our people are coming through the drive-thru uh, getting some hot meals and delivering it to local families uh, who are in urgent need during this time. I think one of the things that we've really tried to communicate uh, to our people and we've really seen them uh, buy into is that this is not an obstacle, this is an opportunity. That this whole crisis has created an environment that is rich for the harvest, uh, that this is a problem that can be solved and that people can be served, uh, and that opportunities are boundless in this time. And so we really want our people to be able to see that. Uh, it's been unique to say, man, we just planted a church like six months ago. Who knew that this would be the world we're living in? Uh, but our people have been bought in. We came here to make a difference. And this kind of thing is precisely what the church is built for. Something we've said often is it's not time for panic, but for purpose. And so let's live out our purpose together. And let's watch God work uh, in the midst of this situation. Let's see God do great things. We want to thank City Light for letting us be a part of their um, food drive to help the community during the pandemic. We were blessed to be able to help, and we hope to be able to do it again soon. All right. Uh, when we're talking deliveries and talking about what God has been doing, some of these are some stories and examples of that. You heard from Cole. Uh, most of you were involved in the Mark's Pub week after week, partnering with them to provide hot meals to families in need uh, for the whole summer. That was an amazing opportunity, and I still remember at the finish of it, sitting in the bar with them, it's like six of them, you know, and just walking through again like, this is why we do this. This is because Jesus is alive, because he died and rose again. This is the good news of the gospel. It's a lot more than spiritual, I mean, physical nourishment. It's spiritual. And, and just the kind of opportunities that God provided through that uh, for so many of you to share the gospel in homes. So it's been an amazing time to see. One of the numbers here, so I want you to see, uh, as we work through today, we're going through our reach, restore, repeat process, which is what we use to communicate, Isaiah 61, which is the foundation for what we do here at City Light. Uh, and as you see from here on the right, my right, are the reach, some of the reach numbers, just to give you an idea. So in terms of thinking families served and delivered to, a uh, thousand families have been served, over a thousand families have been served since we got here uh, for a year. And what I want you to know that's significant about that number is that a thousand families have been served consistently over time. So it's not a thousand families, you know, met us once or got one thing. This is a consistent, like, these amount of families have been touched over time consistently by some of you uh, and by City Light Church for this last year, which is incredible. Uh, another awesome one, 6,500 meals have been served locally. What I love about that is it's not a number of meals funded, which it is, but it's also a number of meals delivered. So 6,500 meals have been delivered, hand-delivered, by somebody who proclaims the gospel and knows Jesus Christ, has gotten over to somebody's house to deliver goods uh, and to share the gospel with them 6,500 ways, which has just been incredible and something to celebrate. We should celebrate that. You guys, there should be a lot of clapping uh, today, a lot of excitement. And then we're going to go over uh, some of our global numbers in a little bit. But as we're talking about what we're doing locally, I wanted to invite Luis and Anna here. Luis is our pastor of Ciudad Luz, uh, and he's been doing a great job all year. And then Anna is the Young Life Director, Area Director, uh, and she's been partnering with our church and a member here since we started as well. And they are just uh, most amazing for their involvement in the community. And I just asked them to share real quick, just to give everyone an idea of what the impact has been in the community from people who are there all the time. Uh, and particularly uh, as, it, as it relates to the Latino population and people around here. So, uh, Luis and Anna, why don't you guys share what God has done? Buenos dias. Buenos dias. Excelente. So I want to just start reading uh, Romans 1.16. Paul is writing to the church in Rome. It says, it's news I'm most proud to proclaim. This extraordinary message of God's powerful plan to rescue, to rescue 
everyone who trusts him. What's the biggest need in the Spanish community right now? Is this good news that has the power to transform, first of all, the spirit, mm. the soul, and then this. So the last, um, we started the high school. We started preaching the gospel. Three people show up the first Sunday. Mm. And then a few Sundays later, we had like 42 people. Mm, amen. 42 awesome. people coming to listen this powerful yeah. message that we have. So I will, I'm, I'm always asking questions to myself. Are we preaching the gospel? Yes. Are we making the gospel visible? Yes. Mm -hmm. We're serving food. We're giving, uh, helping for the needs. And then we found out that a small percentage of our community, they don't read or write in Spanish, in their mm -hmm. own language. Mm -hmm. So we could avoid that need, real need, or can we do something? And I ask you that. Can we do I'm something? Sure. And you say, let's do something. <laughs> so last, son, last Thursday, we had 11 people coming to some of you or some people coming to learn how to write and read in Spanish. But last Thursday, we had a lady. She's 50, 58, a gentleman that he's like 40, 45, 48. For the first time in their lives, they could they read a word in Spanish oh, wow. for the first time. That's so now, That's now awesome. we're, we're helping them to read and write. Hopefully, they, the first book we will give them to read, it will be the Bible. Yeah. So we're, we're doing one step at a time, mm. but it's a, it's, we have a lot of needs. But right now, Let's keep preaching the gospel, and they will keep coming. Amen. So thank you for all the support and all your prayers. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lorraine. Okay, sí. Iglesia. Iglesia. Escuela. Gente. <laughs> Papa shot, yeah.
Jesus, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Anna. Uh, yeah, something we talk about a lot, right, is Community Center Church and that when we wanted, when we were praying for a building, the whole idea was, man, it's not really for us. It's a building we hope becomes a normal place for community members, that they're just regular visitors here for a variety of reasons uh, and where we can see God work and move. And this has truly been, over the last few months, a real refuge, a true refuge for people in the community. And God has been using it, using your generosity and faithfulness to make that happen uh, in a variety of ways. These are just a few of those examples. And so the thing we came and set out to do, I uh, want you to see is happening right before our eyes. And the Lord is doing it in a greater way than we ever could ask for or imagine. And I hope it encourages your spirit. Uh, one of the other things we were going to do today was one of the parent liaisons from Falls Church High School. Uh, her name's Carolina. We have been working with her to help meet needs in the community and to establish relationships from the beginning. She was going to come share just what that has been like for her, and she wanted to come bless you guys and say thank you. But she got sick last night and wasn't able to make it. So she sent me an email that she wanted me to read on her behalf. And so I want you to, to remember this email is from a staff person in a local school uh, emailing it to a church, all right? So let me just read it with those ears in mind. She said this, a year ago, some pastors approached us at Falls Church High School looking for a space to rent for their newly founded City Light Church. They immediately showed interest in how to provide assistance in favor of the most vulnerable in the community. They certainly came to the right place. Since that first meeting, City Light Church has offered support to so many families in a variety of difficult situations, such as dental assistance, transportation for students to be tested, to obtain reading glasses, to buy a cellular for a mother with cancer so she can be in contact with her doctors, just to mention a few examples. They offered mentoring to ESOL students, support for school activities and parenting programs. They served families in need during Thanksgiving and Christmas by providing dinner and gift cards. And then COVID-19 hit. And City Light Church, with its compassionate support, leaders and volunteers stepped in. They began de delivering food weekly on a weekly basis to struggling families. Parents that lost their jobs got their working hours considerably reduced, like the story we were hearing. Many affected with COVID-19, troubled by how to even provide for their children while keeping a roof over their heads. The church assisted them, as well as with diapers, medications, money for rent, utilities, and prayers. They have looked for partnerships in the community to secure long-term food supply for those families. On top of that, she says, City Light Church has provided two large, huge distributions of Falls Church High School to rent trucks and provide food for 200 families in great need. Lately, a youth passed away in tragic circumstances. City Light was there too, she said. They offered a free, nice memorial service that touched the family and the school community. City Light Church has worked restlessly these past 12 months. They have demonstrated a vocation of service, outstanding dedication, and a genuine interest in serving the, need, the needy and the poorest in our community. Our most sincere gratitude to you on behalf of all the families positively impacted by City Light. May God bless you all. Happy first anniversary, Carolina. That was her letter. So let's give the Lord some praise for that. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Carolina. I just want to say if you're watching this, uh, we love you. We're uh, bummed you can't be here with us. We're praying you feel better. We look forward to how God will continue to use us together in the future, and we're just so thankful for you. Uh, those are just, once again, some snapshots, and I hope, once again, that you see and are encouraged by everything God is doing with these little stories that we can find uh, through the community and what God has been doing. When we were, like, getting together as a staff trying to figure out what to say, what do we celebrate, it was like, we can't do that, we can't do that, this will be too long, you know, this will go five hours, uh, which would be fine for me, but, you know, some of y'all got kids, and you're like, nope, I ain't doing that. So, that's uh, okay, I get it, uh, but there's just been so much, and uh, I hope you see this is just a snippet of that. Uh, we also have done some international stuff, so I'm I'm going to show you a video in just a second, but on the, on the, uh, the, uh, over here on the panel or whatever, on the bricks, uh, 100K at least, now it's more than that, has been given away to global missions. Now, this is significant, whatever you think about that number, because most church plant budgets for the first year are 100K, okay? That's
That's the budget for everything, all right, just to figure out how to run a church. Uh, and by God's grace and generosity, like we saw in First Chronicles 29, he has provided an abundance so we can be generous in abundance. Uh, and so you guys have given away $100,000 to global needs, especially during coronavirus. Uh, recently, we were able to feed 1 million kids in the Philippines with a $40,000 gift. $40,000 can feed 1 million kids, isn't that wild? Uh, and so one of, the, one of the biggest problems with coronavirus isn't coronavirus, it's starvation and the problems that coronavirus is causing uh, in third world places. And so that's the thing they're really wrestling with in places like the Philippines. And so for us to be able to bless them and help them make it through this time has been significant. So I'm going to show you a quick video of some Zoom calls we did. Uh, there are three different things. One is with the guy in Uganda who told us, you give, him, give me a bike, I'll give you a church. I don't know if you remember that guy. He came to our church last year. Uh, and so we gave him 50 bikes so he could start 50 churches uh, so he can continue to do his ministry down there. He runs a big orphanage with 2,500 kids. Uh, the next guy is Rabbi, Pastor Rabbi from India. Uh, he's in the midst of some deep spiritual warfare and some great needs trying to pastor and help people that are really impoverished right now. We've been helping his ministry survive uh, and go through and, and greatly grow. And then uh, the last one's from the Philippines, which is what I just told you about. So just go ahead and check out the screen and see what God has been doing in those places. Here at the Good Samaritan, we have 2,000, 2,500 children. And we are forced to scatter them all away because the government directive was no child should stay anywhere. They, don't, they, they never wanted more than five people in one place. Mm. So now, at the end of the lockdown, all our children must come back to school for care, for love, for feeding, education. They need Jesus. Mm. So now we are thinking what will happen after the His daughter is called Preeti, his name. The man of the house name is the Lalaram. He, his, his uh, wife and his daughter is suffering by evil spirit. Same story just like Noida family. They are doing everything and some, nothing happened. So his relative live in Delhi. He shared me, with me all the situation, what is going on, his family. And he requested me to come with me to his house in UP. So I said, okay, I'm ready to go. I went with her, with him over there. When I went over there, so really his condition very bad. I share the gospel with this family. They accept Christ. After a few weeks, this family feel peace in the home. Uh, and when peace come in his house, the man of the Lalaram start to share the gospel all over the village. Then after a almost the 15 people accept Christ and they baptize over there. And we are doing successfully church over there in Bulanshar. Job. And uh, it's cool to hear that $40,000 can do a million meals because that's what City Light wanted to donate to ICM. So oh, fantastic. Uh, that's what we want to do for you guys, our little part in uh, what God is yeah. doing. But uh, hopefully oh, can go to, to go to provide for a lot of families and, and support the things you're doing, Sam. We appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, a million meals, is, is that's a lot of hungry kids. So we're really, really grateful for uh, for all the City Light has done for ICM so far, and and, and we'll be we'll be continuing. And we can't wait for all of this to get past us so we can get some of your guys over Let's to see. Uh... Restore to grant to those who mourn in Zion to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. We do what we can do so God will do what only God can do. This spiritual exchange, this holistic transformation, is what we want to see in our community and throughout the world. Beauty for ashes, joy for mourning, praise for heaviness. Reaching out is just the beginning of seeing God bring full restoration to people and communities. It is the beginning of seeing God take what is struggling and make it strong. We want to see God plant oaks of righteousness all throughout the city. 
Ultimately, restored lives bring glory to God and bring Him praise and honor. We do this through lighthouses, internships, counseling, and other ways that help people grow in their relationship with God and in walking out their purpose for Him. Reach is the starting point, but restoration is what brings life change for the long term. Man, so as we think through Isaiah 61 and how we're trying to live that out as a church, you start with reach, you bring good news and bind up broken hearts, and then the passage says that God does the restoration work to change beauty for ashes, joy for mourning, and praise for heaviness. Uh, we primarily do that kind of next step work through lighthouses and other avenues as well, as well as our Thursday night restore night where we seek to really engage the, the presence of Jesus and watch him restore our hearts and our minds. So we have some testimonies uh, that we want to hear from about lighthouses and about restore nights on Thursday night, so welcome our squad up here. Welcome, hello, we're excited for you. What in the world? We said welcome, they're not. We tired of clapping, that's okay. Uh, and so we have some that represent some lighthouses. Well, what I want to do, um, real quick though, uh, Sherry shared about their lighthouse. Uh, I thought it was powerful. She's serving in kids right now. Uh, so we pulled the video and I want you to watch what she had to say. She's one of our lighthouse leaders, her and Mike. every few months at least, about all these crazy prayers that get answered in their lighthouse and what God is doing in and through their group. And so, Sherry, why don't you just share uh, with everyone what has that looked like for you guys uh, to lead that, and how have you seen God work through answered prayers in your group? Just hit the button right there, hang on. Are we on now? There we okay. go. Um, I'm going to try and do this without crying, but it's already started, so. I cried last week. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, uh, as a believer, sometimes you ask somebody to pray for you, and they go, yeah, I'll pray, and you know good and well, they never did. Um, I've been guilty of it before. Uh, it never happens here, by the way, right? Nobody. No, but in our lighthouse group, uh, as a, you know, as a believer, you try to have a, a circle of, of strong friends that you know when you bring something, they will pray, and And in our group, we are a true multi-generational group. We have singles, young families, and those of us with adult children. Uh, and we bring lots of different perspectives into the room and lots of different needs. And some of the needs that come up are huge. And, and we have seen God move in mighty ways, in the big and the small. And because sometimes people say, well, I'm not going to ask that prayer because it seems so little compared to what you prayed for, but um, we know that God hears and answers the big and the little. And we know when a request comes in, even for ourselves or somebody we know at work or friend circle or whatever, and we put it out on our email list, we know people are praying. Um, and it's one of those things that when you feel like you're at the end of yourself and uh, you know you have that group of people to pray for you and um, we've seen healings we've seen um, jobs we've seen uh, families restored um, just lots of huge needs and huge needs that we continue to pray for amen amen thank you sherry <clears throat> amen uh, yeah, that was a really powerful moment. I get an email like every three months or so from their lighthouse that's like, yo, this huge prayer just got answered. Uh, and I just thought it was such a living, breathing example of what God does through prayer, through a group of people who gather together under his name and the kind of restoration that can happen in your heart and in your life. Uh, through this process. So a couple of other Lighthouse leaders, uh, Rebecca over here, she um, has a great opportunity she's going to share with you about what God's doing. And one of our main goals for Lighthouses is to multiply, so to take a group and to turn it into two groups and let that continue to grow. Uh, so leaders come out of groups to start new groups. And then as well to make sure you're engaged in the community, that Lighthouses aren't just for each other, which they are, which we just heard is fantastic, uh, but they also engage the community. And Rebecca has a great opportunity to do both those things. So why don't you share what's happening, Rebecca? Sure. So um, Rachel Anderson and myself are part of something called Apartment Life, which is a faith-based organization across the United States mm. 
that um, is planted within apartment buildings to build a sense of community through hosting events. Um, so Rachel and I are going to be running events to cultivate a sense of community mm -hmm. in Annandale, the apartment's called Ravensworth Towers. And um, this is an opportunity for us not only to meet residents, help people feel a sense of belonging, but of course, ultimately have gospel conversations and hopefully share the gospel and have people come join our lighthouse right exactly where we're living. So that's the hope. That's awesome, that's mm -hmm. awesome. And one of the things, uh, you should get ready to praise God for this, all right? They're gonna, they get a reduced cost in rent from the business so that they can run events for the community in which they can be missionaries. This is good news, all right? That's pretty fun, okay? These are good things that are happening. Uh, if you need to join a new lighthouse, if you're not a part of one, you can find all of them on the website. Rebecca's starting this new one ASAP. I'd love for you to get involved in that. We're praying a lot that the Lord uh, uses them to reach that apartment complex very specifically, so we're excited. Uh, Rich as well, as we close out our, our lighthouse stuff. Rich is one of our lighthouse leaders as well. Uh, why don't you share just kind of what you've learned through doing that and what, what has impacted your life? Um, so it's been fun and it's also been hard. Um, I say that to go and say that um, our lighthouse is made up of just men and really trying to focus on how can we encourage them to go and tell them that um, God cares for them, that he loves them like a father loves them. And through doing that, um, we've been able to see um, a lot of growth, a lot of maturity um, through it. And I think the, the big thing about it is, like I talked to you a couple weeks ago uh, in our meeting, and like we said that um, we do what the Bible says to do. And when I think of that, I think of 1 John um, 3, 18, where it says, little children, let us not love in word or in talk, but in deed and in action. Mm -hmm. And by deed, we mean by the lighthouse, the deliveries, and by truth, by not shying away from what God has called us to. So, mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah, we, uh, we're all gathered together, and we asked people to share, and Rich came up and he said, you know, I don't think I've been a part of a church quite like this that does what the Bible says to do. Like, that was like, this is profound, you know? The things that happen when you do what the Bible says to do, it's wild, you know? And, and uh, that's really, we're like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, this is good, you know? It's not that complicated. It may be hard to implement, but uh, it's pretty clear. And, uh, and we've been doing that together, and Rich has been faithful leading uh, for us to do that. So that's Excuse me, that's awesome, man. Uh, with regards to our restored nights on Thursday night, just to give you an idea of what happens there, we come together, we seek the face of Jesus. We, we really want to provide a place of prayer where we can really engage with him uh, with no agenda. And so uh, Leah's been doing great at leading us in that, and Sarah as well, and, and had, they have some stories of, or just encouragements of life transformation and what that's been like for them. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Thursday nights and how that's changed you? Um, yeah, so... When Nate first posed the idea of doing Thursday night worship, at the very beginning of the start of this church, we were like, that sounds great, but can we? Like, do we have the bandwidth to do that? First off, God provided a building, so we couldn't say no at that point. We had the space to do it. But no, we, we all, as a worship team, we brought our brick for sure, and God has totally um, taken it and used it. And so um, restore nights are so neat because they're different from Sunday mornings in that Sunday morning worship, as you guys know, there's like a predictability and there's a consistency to it. Uh, there's a rhythm to it um, that people are generally familiar with. And so it, that allows everyone, you know, no matter what you sound like, no matter what you're going through, to sing and to engage um, and to, yeah, to, to engage in corporate worship together, which is beautiful. But Restore Nights are different in that um, they provide a space outside of Sundays, in the middle of the week, to come in and experience a unique and specific um, you know, time with the Lord um, and your relationship with him, to worship him, um, to hear his word spoken, um, and to engage in prayer. And so, um, and it was through Restore Nights that Nate began to lead us in this sort of like, sort of a philosophy for our worship team, but um, it's the three S's, which is we seek Jesus' face, we surrender to his spirit, and we submit to one another. And so as a worship team, we've really um, taken hold of that, and that um, that's our goal. And so it's been neat also in that Deliveries are happening at the same time um, that we're in here worshiping and providing a space for people to worship that, you know, from their time in worship with the Lord, um, hearing his word in prayer, that they leave these doors kind of with an aroma on them um, of Christ and of our mission. And not just we're drop, not just we're taking a meal to a family or dropping it on the doorstep, but that this is our mission. And this is this is what Jesus has enabled us to do by what he's done for us. And so. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. It's good. Yeah. Thanks, Leah. 
Uh, Sarah, why don't you share as well kind of how that's impacted you and, uh, and as well as uh, how City Light has helped with your situation at home. So. Um, so I teach at Foster High School, at the local school, and this is my ninth year there. So um, just working with ESOL students and immigrant families, one of the things that I have seen over and over are cycles of brokenness. And um, I'm a fixer, and as a teacher, <laughs> I can fix really well, <laughs> you know, and I have a list of things that, you know, what could improve their life or, like, how can they make their life better or all of that. But I've come to the point um, where it's just really hard to see the brokenness repeat in a cycle over and over again. And then you come to the realization that as a human, you can only do so much. And as a teacher, I've also um, come to that point of surrender and just said, like, Lord, you know, like, only you can change these lives. And I think um, Restore Nights, like the prayer room at Restore, um, has been such a key place uh, to bring one of my former students. And she's experiencing a lot of brokenness at home. And, you know, I came to the point where I was like, there are no words, there are no more ideas that can come from Sarah. And I just started speaking like the word to her and I said, hey, Psalm 139 says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that, you know, like he made a way for you, that, you know, you're not a mistake. Mm -hmm. And I remember like just coming here because like Leah said, it's, it's a different atmosphere, it's a different aroma. You just come and you just gaze at the beauty of, of, of Jesus, you know, and, and you just surrender. And I have been bringing her with me and, you know, just teaching her to love God first. If you love God first, like, he's got you, you know, even through the brokenness, like, he's a shield around you. He will protect you. And like the say, you know, we come, we pray, like we sing, and then I minister to her heart. I read the word to her, and then we're like, we're gonna pray according to this word. And the second time and the third time, like some of our prayers started like becoming a reality, so much better than I could have ever like fixed it for her. And um, so I remember the third time I told her, I was like today we're just going to say thank you because he's listening mm -hmm. he's yeah. listening and um and she continued coming she has continued coming and it's amazing what the lord ha is doing through the place of prayer and even you know um sometimes a lot of the students will have parents that live with them but they don't act like parents um so even just asking the lord to move through her physical father as a father and just seeing the Lord respond because the Lord loves him too, you know? And um, that has been one. And if I can share my other sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, um Well, I'm a single mom. I don't like the word single mom, but I am one. And I have two boys. And at the height of the pandemic, um, we were home. And when you're a single mom, you, you make all the decisions. You know, you do all the things. You are the father and the mother. And, and sometimes I've learned kind of to live with it. And I remember at the height of the pandemic, I was on Instagram. And I started, like, tech, um, I guess, DMing um, back and forth with Kristen Crew and kind of sharing what was happening at home. And I remember, like, all she said was, like, hey, Sarah, we got help for you, you know? And even at that point, because, like, you know, you kind of learn to live with it, with, like, taking all the responsibility. You don't think you need help. But she saw that I needed help at that moment. And that was so meaningful to me because what came later was um, my little one has, has, is a child with special needs. Um, they connected us with a teacher that's here. <laughs> that I, I and At that point, we had only met through Zoom and through text. And she ended up um, connecting with my son in such a way um, that I think the regular church wouldn't have connected us with um, because, you know, they would have said, like, hey, you're a single mom, that's great, but hey, you, you're also a teacher, you know, you're middle class, there's food in your refrigerator, but there was a need, an emotional need that they saw in me, and my son ended up having um, 
the best tutoring classes, like twice a week, and so many other needs met. And I, in June, my, my father was assaulted in DC. And the first person, one of the first people that I thought about connecting was with my son's teacher, um, Lindsay. And, you know, I remember texting her and just saying, hey, my dad has been assaulted and he's unconscious and please pray, you know? And she's like, praying right now, praying right now. And after her lesson with my son, like, the following day, um, she's like, Sarah, can I pray for you? And, like, I still remember that bold prayer, like, she made. And she moved the heavens for our family because, you know, everything was shaking. We didn't know if he would have brain damage, and it was crazy. And then she said, hey, Sarah, like, I love praying for you, but I want to also help in a tangible way. And we're a Hispanic family, and so meals are not common to our culture. Um, but she, like, moved her friends and her lighthouse, and they generously, like, um, sent meals for over two weeks for my parents. And that was, you know, like, that, that, I saw that it was so healing for my parents, too, to see the love of strangers, um, come, and, um, they still remember that. And so, as I, you know, as I, I was looking at social media, and all these meals are going out, but there was also one sheep inside that was being loved so well, and, like, I'm so grateful for that. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Awesome. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, it's important as we uh, remember what God has done, uh, and we're so grateful for all the work in the community that he's also working in the congregation, uh, and that if you bring your brick, look what happens. I mean, I just want you to see the significance of every decision made to show some love and to care for someone else. You never know. You never know, right, with the story of, like, Cole, one delivery. You never know what, what impact you're making. And so keep bringing your brick. Keep bringing your brick. God's going to use it uh, to bring restoration. So our last step in our process is repeat. And why don't you watch this video, and then you're going to hear some from, from some interns. One heart and soul. One heart and soul. Here to serve and not be served. Here to serve and not be served. We are excited, expectant, and ready for God to move. We are excited, expectant, and ready for God to move. Not to us, but to God be the glory. Not to us, but to God be the glory. Repeat. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. Rebuilding happens when the process of reaching and restoring is repeated, when reaching and restoring become a rhythm of life. This spirit-empowered work changes people, communities, and cities. Then, they do the work to rebuild, repair, and raise up. Together, we all repeat the process. God takes those he reached and makes them the vessels of restoration in their homes and communities. This is why we say around City Light that everything multiplies personal discipleship, lighthouses, light teams, and churches. We put a lot of energy into training so we can raise up leaders who can continue God's work to reach, restore, and repeat. Everything we do must be repeated over and over again for true community renewal to take place. We pray we see life and community transformation on repeat. What's up, everyone? Uh, my name is Taylor. I'm privileged to be one of the pastors here. Uh, one of my responsibilities here at City Light uh, is that I get to uh, teach interns, and I have two of my favorite interns up here on stage. If we could give them a hand. Uh, this is Jessica Sanchez and Michaela Brody. Uh, both of them have been responsible for painting and fixing uh, and moving different things uh, throughout this pandemic all summer long uh, with a bunch of other interns as well. Uh, and as you heard in the video, one of the reasons as a church that we're committed uh, to raising up the next generation of leaders is through our internships, uh, both summer and year long. Uh, and I kind of want to hear from their perspective a little bit um, about what the internship was like for them, uh, how the Lord worked, how he moved, uh, what you learned. Uh, could either one of you share a little bit about what happened this summer? Yeah. Is it working this time? Yes, we're good. Okay. Um, I can. Um, a little bit about me, you know, I, I've been a believer my whole life. I've had a desire to pursue the Lord since middle school. Last five years I've been doing practically full-time ministry. So I've done a lot of ministry. So going into the internship, I feel like I 
convictedly had this like mentality that I couldn't grow that much more. You know, like I was like, how many more like really big areas of transformation can you go through when you've like been doing that your whole life? Um, which just totally blew me away. This internship, hindsight 2020, it was really great. Um, I loved it a lot, grew a lot. Um, going into the internship, like week one, didn't feel that way. I almost quit the internship, which <laughs> they didn't know until we this morning just service. now. Surprise. But that's because um, through doing ministry, you know, Nate always talks about bringing your brick, and I had seen how the Lord used me. I had seen how, like, I had been used to produce fruit for my labor, and, like, so I kind of had an idea of what my, you know, gifts were, my bricks were. So I came into the um, internship. I was like, this is great. I'm going to do so much. I have so much to offer. And then all the things you were doing were things I had just so bad at. <laughs> None of my gifts were used. Um, so... That kind of sucked. <laughs> um, we did a lot of, like, worship at the beginning, which that's not one of my bricks. You don't want me on stage. Ironically, I was on stage this morning singing. I think they mute our mic, which is my explanation for that. <laughs> but, um, but I just didn't feel like I had anything to offer the internship because it was outside of the realm of what I had been, like, used to, what I had been used to before. Um, I'm really glad I didn't quit the internship because it turned out that I had a lot to learn and just the fact that that mentality isn't super accurate, you know. Um, I think I was putting the Lord in a lot of boxes where I was like, who am I to say that just because I'm not good at it, the Lord's not going to use me to do it, you know. The Lord's so much bigger than that, and I think that's a big thing I learned. And this internship is that it's more than, you know, the bricks are things you're good at. It's more of just if you're available and you're obedient, the Lord will give you bricks to bring. Like he'll mm. make you yeah, right. useful um, to his kingdom. So that was a big thing I learned where it's just, like, I just grew a lot in my own personal walk with the Lord. So. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. And uh, one thing, too, so both of them were a part of City Light uh, at the beginning. And so um, I kind of want to get that perspective a little bit. Um, about like before uh, as an attender, uh, Jess, what was it like just uh, attending City Light and then how has your perspective changed uh, after you've done an internship? And now uh, both of them have also committed to being here for a year and are year long, so, uh, so it couldn't have been too bad. <laughs> You're trying. <laughs> um, just like Taylor said, we've both been coming to City Light um, from the beginning um, and I'm a student at George Mason University and before I first came to City Light, I was really seeking community and a, a home church where I could get plugged into. But I had gone to a lot of churches, and none of them seemed to be welcoming, and there was no diversity. There weren't people who were from different cultures who looked like me who weren't in positions of leadership. Um, and so I came to City Light for the first time, and there was just something different about the atmosphere um, and I just felt so welcome and so loved that I wanted to keep coming back. And there was a sermon that Nate gave about bringing your brick um, and how the Lord has gifted us each in different ways um, so that he can use us to glorify him. And so after the sermon, I was like, well, I don't know what any of my bricks are. <laughs> so I want to figure that out. And the internship opportunity was presented to me. And so I took it and the very first week we took a spiritual gifts test to figure out how we have been gifted to the Lord and how we can be used in ministry. And through a lot of discipleship and training from Nate, Taylor, John, and all the staff at City Light, I got a visible picture of what it looks like to do full-time ministry in different realms of the church, whether it's preaching on Sunday or if it's putting carpet down on the floor, the gospel is still being proclaimed through different ways. Um, and we get to rejoice in that. And not only did I get to figure out what my spiritual gifts were, I got a lot of personal um, mentoring through my calling because I had no idea what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I thought I wanted to be a doctor, and I was like, nope, that's not what I want. That's not what the Lord wanted for me. I felt like I was being called to something different. Um, and through walking through the Bible and living in the Bible, the Lord revealed the details of my life and his will for my life. And so now I know I want to do full-time ministry. I'm here a lot, a lot more than I used to be. Um, but it 
being at this church has provided a space for me to be able to serve and a refuge for me to keep wanting to come back and to continue serving him. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Thank Can we give them a round of applause? So, um, when we think about multiplication, what I really want you guys to think about it is like good food. You do not taste something good and then say, I don't want any more of that. But no, you want more and more of that. And we can't manufacture multiplication here. It's only something that we can be dependent upon the spirit for. Uh, and so we want to pray to that end, that in every level of our church, whether it's with um, a Christian making other Christians, uh, we want to be a church that is healthy and plant other churches um, and other disciples as well and other ministries. So, uh, Nate, if you'll lead us in prayer to that sure, end. Yeah, let's pray together, everyone. Uh, Heavenly Father, we love you. We ask that everything we've seen you do, that we would see it a hundredfold that you would continue to do more than we could ever ask or imagine and raise up leaders in the next generation to carry this forward. God, we commit this to you. We ask for your blessing and your leadership. Lord, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, so go ahead and fix your eyes on the screen as we prepare uh, to close out a little, um, why, a little reminiscent video of how the last year has been and then also what does the future look like for City Light. So go ahead and watch that with us. From the beginning, we have always been about one thing. Our passion is to shine the light of Christ in dark and hard places to bring real hope and help to all people. We hope to do this by planting community-centered churches that bless local communities spiritually and physically. The biblical base for this comes from the ministry of Jesus, which he described in Luke 4 as a fulfillment of Isaiah 61, which says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. They shall build up ancient ruins. They shall raise up former devastations. They shall repair ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. We want to see gladness instead of mourning, beauty instead of ashes, and praise instead of heaviness. We want to see people grow like oaks of righteousness to the glory of God. We want to see restoration where there was devastation in homes and in cities. We want to see this locally and internationally. And this will happen as God's people, anointed by God's Spirit, bring good news and bind up broken hearts. And this is what we are here to do. The three words we use for this process are simple. Reach, restore, repeat. This is our City Light strategy. Services are a launching pad, not a landing place. They launch us into the process of reaching, restoring, and repeating this wonderful work over and over again. Light teams and lighthouses are our primary vehicles for carrying this big vision out. God has given us this vision, and in a short time, we have already seen God do amazing things. One of them is that he gave us a building six months after our launch. We have seen God use this physical space to be a spiritual refuge for so many already. We are building the model here for a City Light Center that prayerfully can be replicated in many other places as we plant more community-centered churches. Internationally, we are supporting these type of holistic ministry models and leaders in the Philippines, Uganda, Egypt, Pakistan, India, and Mexico. We believe in empowering local people to do the work God has called them to do. We hope to continue to not only see God start many city-like centers, but to also bless others around the world who are like-minded. And in that spirit, on our one-year anniversary, we are starting the City Light Collective. City Light Collective is a partnership of churches working together to bring real hope and help to all people. It's the mission and vision of City Light expressed in other places through other people. We simply cannot accomplish all God has given us to do on our own. We believe in what God is doing in so many other places through so many wonderful people. We want to steward what God has given us 
to serve churches and to bless the world. We want to unify under one vision, a vision that will be expressed in many languages and many contexts. We want to train and equip the body of Christ to broadly be the light of the world. Simply put, we are brighter together. Now, a phrase we will use a lot is this, saturation leads to transformation. This is so important as we consider how to truly make a difference. How do we leverage our time, energy, and resources to bring real hope and help to all people? We must multiply them. We repeat what God is doing here in so many other places through partnership with so many other people because saturation leads to transformation. In God's providence, he has already been bringing us opportunities to do this work. He has positioned us to be a blessing to others and to partner with many faithful men and women in the good work they are doing. The mission and vision of City Light, based on the good news of the gospel, will be expressed in other languages and lived out in other places around the DMV and even across the globe. Bringing good news and binding up broken hearts, providing real hope and real help for all people. Seeing God exchange beauty for ashes, joy for mourning, praise for heaviness, and restoration for devastation. This is what we are all about. We will reach, we will restore, and we will repeat. We will be the light of the world in all places of the world. Through God's people in the world. All right. Amen, huh? Amen. I have seen that many times now, and it gets me every time. Just amazing to see everything that God has done and everything that God is doing through you, through City Light Church. I hope that encourages you and blesses you and increases your faith to keep doing the things uh, that God wants us to do so we can keep seeing kingdom impact. Uh, City Light Collective, uh, if you go on the website, you can get more information. I'm going to go through a few things real quick. Uh, Acts 5.28, the, the Pharisees accused the apostles, and they said, you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching. And since our core meetings, we've talked about what does it look like to fill the city with the teaching of Jesus? What does it look like to be accused of filling the city and the schools and the businesses? And that's obviously going to take a lot of people and a lot of partnerships to do. And so as we think through how do we really make a difference in this city, we certainly cannot do it alone. I want you to think about the collective like something we're already doing, okay? So a couple examples are this, Ciudad Luz, which is the Spanish expression of City Light Church, one church, multiple languages, that would fit under the umbrella of the collective. Next week, I'm excited to announce we are uh, introducing a Lao and Thai gathering into our building. Uh, 30 to 40 Lao and Thai speakers will be gathering downstairs. There's about 30,000 Lao and Thai speakers in this area. 90% of them are Buddhist. Uh, and so we're going to partner with them to help the gospel be uh, catalyzed in that language to those people. So starting next week in one building, the gospel will be presented in English, Spanish, and Lao and Thai. Is that great or what? Are we excited about that? That's awesome. We're super excited to see God work. Listen, parking's going to be crazy, but Jesus is going to be exalted, all right? So we're going to figure that out, and no worries, we'll figure it out. But the most important thing is Jesus is going to be worshipped, and he's going to be worshipped in as many possible ways as we can think about. Uh, and so we're going to continue to do that together and continue to work that out together. I also want to give you a, another example. Think about it this way. Uh, you know Dale's one of our pastors here. He also now is serving as the interim pastor at Veritas City Church downtown in Georgetown as they transition and try to figure out what's next. So think about City the umbrella of the collective sharing not only tangible resources like a building and finances, but also personnel and allowing Dale uh, to go out there uh, with us still and partner with Veritas to try to strengthen them. Next week, actually, I'll be over there uh, and we're going to give them a $5,000 check just to help them with their outreach efforts to continue to do what God wants them to do there. And so as you think through, man, what does it look like to take our outreach ministries and communities and flip those into churches? Uh, how do you turn 30 people that are hearing the gospel into a local church? Uh, as I hope you 
you've seen, the locality of the church is what makes the difference, right? We can serve this community really well, and the farther out we go, the more difficult it becomes. And so now let's say let's continue to start new churches. So City Light Collective, think about it like you create the form so you can live out the function. So we're figuring out the function as we go. You got to have the form first so that we can live it out. So if you have any more questions, I'd love to talk to you about it, uh, but it's just a way for us to multiply. Now, as we close out today, uh, we're going to do something. Oh, real quick. Hey, I don't want to forget this. Okay, the most important number, at least 35 people have professed faith in Jesus Christ since we came here. 35 souls saved, lives for eternity. This is good. This is really good. And that's all we know. Obviously, the Lord, who knows what the Lord is doing, uh, but we do know that. And so we want to celebrate that, that since you guys came here and decided to start a church, 35 people, at minimum, their eternity has been changed. Obviously, thousands of lives impacted, all because you brought your brick. So I want you to go ahead and grab, uh, if you could stand up with me, we're going to close out with some celebration, all right? So uh, James, why don't you go ahead and get ready? We're going to baptize a friend of ours, old James. And what we're going to do is we're going to take communion. We're going to remember Jesus, his life, death, and resurrection for us.